My name is Steve Gilman, and for decades I've been helping brands engage with their audiences. On this podcast, we'll connect the dots in the fast-paced world of branding by talking with entrepreneurs, leaders, and marketers on the front lines of telling brand stories. Today we're talking with Andrea Dono, Executive Director of Harrisonburg Downtown Renaissance. Andrea shares how collaboration supports downtown businesses, the importance of staying true to your mission in difficult times, and how storytelling builds lasting connections. Welcome to the Brand Story Podcast. My guest today is Andrea Dono, the Executive Director of the Harrisonburg Downtown Renaissance. Andrea previously worked for the National Trust for Historic Preservation's Main Street Center, where she helped lead a nationwide downtown revitalization program. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be really fun talking to you today. Um, let me just start out by by asking the question of, you moved here to Harrisonburg to be in charge of the downtown renaissance in 2016 and became the executive director. But you were, you were working in an organization advising organizations like the HDR. What brought you to Harrisonburg? Why? That's a really big change because I bet you thought the people doing your job were maybe a little crazy. <laughs> well, you know, when I was working at the National Main Street Center, I used to say that you'd have to be crazy to have this job. And it's true. I was correct. So um, we it's a it's a labor of love. And it's definitely something that you do because you're passionate about it. And when I was working at the National Main Street Center, I actually knew my predecessor in this job, Eddie Bumbaugh. And he was always sending us press releases and getting in touch with us. So I was very well aware of Harrisonburg. It was on my radar screen. And it was so, in fact, because so much happened that was really good and very impressive in such a short amount of time that usually like the trajectory for seeing meaningful change happens in a much longer timeline. So the fact that Eddie and his partners and the volunteers and the board and everybody achieved what they did in the time that they did was just um, pretty incredible. So I already knew about Harrison. <laughs> That's cool. So I'm glad you, yeah. So you were familiar and that part of what made you come here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I want to say for our listeners where our gravity group is here in downtown Harrisonburg. So this episode is near and dear to our hearts. Um, you know, we're talking to people. Our guests are from all over. Our guests are, you know, people in the in the marketing and communications industry, and and uh, people in leadership from all over. But uh, one of the things we're doing is we're doing some local focus episodes like this, and you know, talking to you and you trying to make our downtown better where we live and work. We really appreciate all you guys do. Well, we appreciate businesses like yours being downtown and providing jobs and being part of the creative industry, which puts us on the map. So there's a lot of good synergy there. So we're just as grateful. Beyond being familiar with Harrisonburg, what was it about the town that really attracted you to this job? You know, I had worked at the Main Street Center for quite some time, and the National Trust had a bunch of layoffs, and I thought I was safe, <laughs> but I wasn't. And so I, um, I unfortunately lost my job, and it felt like no matter what I did since working at the National Trust, nothing was really the right fit. And I knew after a few years that I had to get back into this Main Street work. So, I mean, there was a lot of competition there. I got to work for a band and travel around and, you know, everyone's like, you're crazy to think that you want to be, you know, back behind a desk somewhere. And I'm like, no, man, this Main Street stuff's important. I'm, I'm tired of the strip malls and the track housing and tearing down historic buildings and, you know, everyone bowing down to big box stores. It's time to really pay homage to our small communities and the great things that they bring to our, our country. So... 
I couldn't wait to get back into this job. And Eddie and I stayed in touch. And one day he said, hey, you know, would you like to move to Harrisonburg and take over for me? I'm retiring. And I said, you know what? I might. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So was that about five years ago? Yeah. So that that was probably in uh, 2015 in in the late fall, early winter is when I guess the recruitment process happened. And I had a full day of on-site second interview. So we had a phone interview when I was living in Northern Virginia. I conducted it from a car. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not sketchy at all. Nah. Um, yeah. And then they brought me down for a full day where I got to meet the board and there was a panel interview with different folks from our partnerships. You know, um, Jenny from the Arts Council was there and folks at the city. I mean, it was it was the real deal. I was getting grilled and I had to do a presentation at the very end and I poorly photoshopped myself into staff photos like with, you know, <laughs> at events. You That's know, kind of fun years. though. That's a fun touch. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty horrible, but I, it must have worked. So yeah. I, I lucked out. Well, good for you for in that situation showing your personality and having a little fun with it. I'm sure that was actually really fun for everybody. Um, so you know, I've noticed being you know we've had our office downtown for, geez, ten plus years easy, um, a little beyond that, and um, I've noticed a real uptick in in HDR's presence and the activity you all do since you came on board. So, you know, what kind of things did you bring to the table and what were your first big wins? You know, it's funny. What I thought I was going to bring to the table ended up not being what I would bring to the table. Um, Once you get in a job, you start realizing what it is that you need to do. And, um, you know, we we had a partnership with the city. We still do. Um, And we had to redefine that partnership my first month into the job. No big deal. Yeah, it didn't come up in the interview, um, but it was definitely my my first thing to kind of figure out those things. So there was a lot of administrative stuff, but you know, I my background is mostly with um, economic development, and I wanted to make sure that we were helping the small businesses. So I wanted to create a more robust economic development program for the organization, and so that was one of the first things that we started tackling was looking at what we had done in the past to help the small businesses and then thinking about what we can do going forward that might be more impactful and doing some interviews and uh, some surveys and talking with some people and then giving some thought to what I think might help turned into something called Bricks and Clicks, which we got a big grant from from the city um, to do it in the first year. And we partnered with uh, the city's uh, economic development department, as well as the county's, uh, the Small Business Development Center and JMU. We got together and we figured out, look, businesses are trying to figure out how to reach their customers better. And we're in a position to help them do it. We can put them in a room and give them a training and they can take notes and say, yeah, this is great. And then they're going to go back to their day job and not have time for any of that kind of stuff. Or we can give them the training through a one-on-one interaction with an expert, um, you know, people who are are well-versed in marketing or um, website development or even... Uh, you know, physical improvements that you can change around your store, your layout to circulate customers better, you know, and sit down with someone and have a conversation and find out what their goals are, what their challenges are, what their capacity is, and think about what their potential is and how they can meet it. And then give them that one-on-one assistance and then give them a a couple of bucks. So give them some cash. Say like, not only have we given you some ideas, but we can give you some money um, so you can put some of those good ideas into action right away. That's really cool. I I feel like I feel like that's a little uh, unusual for a downtown to do in the way that, 
you know, I noticed that change and I, I didn't know it was you at the time, but I noticed that program and noticed that change. And that's a very boots on the ground approach. That's a very get involved and get in there with real advice and real help. Had you learned that somewhere or was it an inspiration? How'd that come about? It was an inspiration and it was because we did something um, with some of the same partners called Retail Renaissance before we before I started here. And they were, uh, they had a series of, I think like six to eight weeks where participating businesses can be in a classroom setting and, and learn about different aspects of their businesses to make improvements. And there was one person who came in who uh, was talking about visual merchandising. So like how you can set up your, your windows and, and your displays and you know how your lighting should be set and they said you know hey why don't we just like go take a walk and let's go into some of your shops and you know i can give you some like quick recommendations to kind of show you how this kind of comes together in real life and everyone said that that was it like that was awesome because it wasn't just like these concepts on a screen it was somebody walking around going to my business or you know my friend's business and talking about little tweaks and things that they can change and why they would make them happen and they just said that one-on-one -on -one time was it. Like that was great. And I said, how do we, how do we blow that up? You know, how do we make one-on-one -on -one time the focus? And you know, when we did bricks and clicks, we interviewed the participants afterwards, and they said, you know, um, even if I didn't get the grant money, no, don't take it away. But even if I didn't get the grant money, that one-on-one -on -one time was well worth being in the program just on its own. So we kind of knew we were onto something. I think that's so cool because that's. That you know, what I've seen in the past, what I've seen in other communities, is a very well-meaning, almost academic approach to this kind of thing. Where you know, people will give an organization like HGR might give a lot of advice and have a lot of great theories, and they'll tell businesses what to do, but often they're not going to just jump down in the trenches and help them. So I think that's really admirable the way you guys do that because it's a much more activist sort of, you know, hand in hand version of what downtown revitalization usually is. I have to say that I think the reason why that works is because of all the personal relationships we have with the business owners and their managers. And, you know, when you're asking me about why I wanted to come to Harrisonburg, I, it really is the people, you know, and the way like the Harrisonburg way of doing things, because it's not like this in other places. You know, like the level of cooperation and collaboration and, you know, the idea that all ships rise is is real. It's not just we're not paying lip service to some platitude. Like we actually believe it and we, we walk the, the yeah, we walk the talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was listening to the Harris, the Hello Harrisonburg podcast when I was trying to decide, uh, you know, did I want to move, you know, and sell my condo and come out to Harrisonburg and listening to those Hello Harrisonburg podcasts where uh, various people were being interviewed, kind of what you guys are doing, um, really connected me to the people here. And, you know, it was funny because like, as we were having the, the interview process when I was on site, I was meeting the people who were in the podcast. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I had written a case study success story about Harrisonburg, about the downtown housing that was created here. And I got to meet a lot of the people who I interviewed on the phone years ago. So, you know, it's just that the people here are amazing and there's a lot put into social capital. And so when you have relationships with people, they trust you and they know you're coming from the right place and they welcome you into their business and they welcome your feedback. And as I get to know them personally, as I get to know their businesses, we can make better recommendations 
And it's just, it's a better way to do things. And it's not something you can just show up one day and start doing. You have to get to know people and and really care about what you do. Yeah, that's really interesting because we moved our, you know, I went to JMU long, long ago, but we started in, our business started in McLean, Virginia, and we were in the Washington, D.C. market for five or six years before we moved back here. And we moved back here because D.C. is hostile. <laughs> it's just not a friendly place to work, you know? And we got tired of it, that and the traffic. But, you know, I think if you had that approach and you tried to do that in Arlington, people would be like, get out of my store, you know? And here it's just a very different, you know, and, and it's just maybe it's a city thing, but we're not a really small town anymore. But we still have that vibe, which I think is really unusual. Yeah, there is an incredible vibe here. You know, we're exploring that right now with the downtown master planning process, yeah. which I won't like geek out too much on it. That's but... okay. It's one of my questions. So go ahead, geek out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So we were working with um, Interspace Studios. They're based out of um, Philadelphia. And so they are a great team. They've got some great partners that they're working with and they're doing a, a full-blown um, community exploration and analysis of Harrisonburg and, and, you know, what our conditions are now, who our people are, what the vision our community has, and what we could become in 20 years and what that roadmap could be to get us there. And so we had a couple of fun online engagement tools where we've got this map of Harrisonburg and people can drop pins and say, oh yeah, like this intersection is like a death trap. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. We do something about this. And, and others are saying like, wow, I really love this blank wall. Could this be a mural? Or, you know, what about Black's Run? Can we daylight that, um, you know, the waterway running through downtown and, and turn that into an asset instead of covering it up? And so there's been a lot of great feedback. And, and from all of that and from another survey, we're getting people's values and, and, I, and what they cherish and what they want to keep and what they want to change and from that becomes a vision and then the team helps us put together a plan so it's been cool and everyone's like look harrisonburg downtown is quirky and don't mess with that yeah. and we love our ducks so keep the ducks like don't don't get rid of them and you know we want to see more art and we want to you know talk about our heritage and our history because you walk through downtown and outside of the civil war markers you don't see too much else about um our past and so we have we're gonna have a tall order to bring all those things to life but at least we have 20 years to do it so <laughs> i mean it's a really cool story and i'm glad to hear you say you know don't get rid of the quirky yeah. nature because harrisonburg is quirky and it's not you know nothing against charlottesville i love charlottesville it's not charlottesville it's not it, it has this casualness to it and this friendliness to it. You know, I think of the history of the little girl alone and how it morphed through so many different versions and how other parts of our downtown have done that. But it's, I, I really hope, and I think we are like, you know, honoring that and not trying to just pave over it. And, you know, I think that a lot of, a lot of communities made the mistake of, okay, this is kind of an old building or, something that's, you know, maybe not beautiful. Let's just forget about it or pave over it or build something brand new. And I was really glad to see with some of the housing and some of the stuff that, you know, I know it takes a lot of partners, a lot of people involved here, but uh, it's been really phenomenal to watch. Well, we did lose historic buildings. Oh, sure. I know. We but we continue <laughs> lose them. Yeah, yeah. It's really regrettable that we, you know, I look at historic photos of our downtown. I'm just like, oh. ah, yeah, the Virginia theater always kills me. 
I, everyone brings that one up and um, where the jail is now, it used to be there. Yeah. And, and certainly on the north side of town, there's a thriving African-American yeah. neighborhood. So, you know, there's there's a lot of regrets. And so having this master plan, I hope will prevent us from having future. Yeah. I think that's re- that's really well put because, you know, it's, uh, you know, like all communities, it's it went that direction. And I feel like the HDR has really helped slow that down and maybe, uh, you know, reverse it because there's still a lot to preserve. So I think that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. Well, getting our historic district was the biggest thing that we did to make that happen. Because once you can get historic tax credits and make those projects go essentially is, is really the key there. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful for all the property owners who were on board with that because you look at the Kiesel building. Yeah, that's amazing. uh, That's stunning. And, you know, we've, we've got some cool ones. Yeah. Definitely do. So how do people get involved in that master planning? Is there a way for people to participate? Yeah. So um, if you, uh, we, I can give you an email. I can send you a link. Okay, great. We'll, we'll post it with their, your podcast. Yeah. yeah so we have a, a link. Uh, it's on the city's website. And so people can learn more about the plan. And the downtown map is still up there. There's also still a survey. But we're going to be transitioning into doing some in-person uh, engagement over the um, last weekend of July. And then I think sometime in early fall, we're, we still have to plan it. We want to test out a concept and we're not sure what it's going to be yet. It could be um, how do we activate the, the strip of land that's between the uh, Water Street parking deck and Black's Run. You know, right now, if people haven't seen it, it's basically very concrete. Yeah, it is very <laughs> concrete. Well put. Yeah. And, um, you know, People envision there being like um, festival lights and maybe um, you know some sort of uh, vegetation and kind of like a promenade of sorts and to leverage this natural habitat, which is cool. I saw a green heron there in a tree one day, and I was like, "Welcome to downtown. This is cool." That is cool. Yeah, I, I think you know we'll put resources for people to go. But if you haven't visited, if you're watching this, and you haven't visited the Harrisburg Downtown Renaissance website, please do. There's a lot of really good information on there. Um, so I have a question, you know, not to uh, take us back just a little, but um, we'll kind of talk about this a little bit and then keep moving forward. But COVID had to be a huge challenge for you all, and I'm sure still is, and brought some very challenging times for downtowns in general and Harrisonburg downtown, and, the, and especially the merchants. So, you know, you, you led HDR through that. I saw you being very active, you all your entire organization trying to be active to support the downtown. Can you tell me a little bit about that whole experience? Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> well put. I don't recommend it. I don't, um, yeah, I don't think anyone enjoyed it, but I, I think for downtown businesses, it was especially awful. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Um, yeah, we had a few things that we were trying to figure out, right? So as soon as it got real, you know, we had our first confirmed case of COVID, I got a couple of my board members together and and we we sat down and we said, okay, here's what we need to do for downtown and this is what we also need to do for HDR. So we immediately shut down our office and made everyone get the files that we needed. So we had to figure out how we were going to function as a team. Um, and, you know, when you know it, I had a new employee start the Monday after we shut down our office. So I was like, 
hey, let's do a virtual orientation, but probably not for another month because I have to figure out what we're doing with our businesses. So yeah, that was kind of a big challenge for us as an organization. And then, you know, as we weren't able to have any of our events and have sponsorships for bringing income and we couldn't have our annual fundraiser event, that wasn't good either. So um, for us, we just tried to be really scrappy and, and really make sure that we were like, batting down the hatches and making sure that, you know, the heat was off at the office, that we weren't paying for things unnecessarily. And um, we kicked off, you know, a couple of fundraising campaigns that were smaller, but people really showed up and they were like, thank you for providing leadership to downtown because I love the small businesses and we really appreciate it. So, you know, for the organization, it was a bit of a struggle, but we said, you know, first and foremost, public health and public safety was always going to be our main goal. And we were committed to our mission. You know, we revisited the mission, um, which is to create a, a, a destination out of downtown with thriving businesses where people can make memorable experiences. And we said, that still works. That doesn't change. And, and we're going to stay true to our mission. And so we also said that we would be transparent in what we go about doing. So we use those as our guiding principles and we just move forward. And so one of the things that I did immediately was send an email to businesses and say, okay, look, first confirmed case, here's what I think is gonna happen. And I just kind of like laid out what I think was coming down the pike and, and just started digging for resources constantly. And then when the PPP and idle loans came out, I gave them all the information they needed. We offered to review applications or put them in touch with other people. You know, hey, if you guys, if your bank isn't doing it, let us put you in touch with one that is. So I became the master email writer. <laughs> And the nice thing is that people said that they would read them and a lot of people would respond. So, you know, they'd be probably pages long, but I just packed them with every resource I could find. And the cool thing is, is that people were saying, I got a grant for $15,000 because you told me about this opportunity. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I watched what you and, and your team did during uh, the, you know, the early part of the pandemic and throughout it. And it's interesting because when the chips are down, you really see what a, who a brand is, you know, and your all's actions and the way that you immediately went to the core of your mission and your emails in particular, because I saw all your emails and we're not a retail business, so it didn't affect us like other businesses. It, you know, it was a different, different kind of situation for us than it would be a store where people come in to buy goods. And, uh, but I was just really impressed with how you all communicated and how consistently you did it. And I really think, you know, in the, in the long-term perception of HDR and what you all stand for, you did yourself a lot of good and you did the businesses a lot of good because, you know, it wasn't purposeful storytelling, but it was a brand acting from its heart, helping the people that they're supposed to help. Thank you. I, can you come to talk to my board about that? <laughs> sure. I'd be happy to. <laughs> Um, no, I have a great board and, and they were really appreciative of what we were able to do together. And, you know, my staff was incredible. Like we all took a moment to regroup and, and have a good cry <laughs> and then just get back to work. There was, there was no downtime for us because we all really care about what we do and we care about the mission. And, um, yeah, I guess I, I'm going to listen to what you said a few times because I, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think many brands do when they're doing it. And I was talking to some. I I actually did an episode yesterday with someone, and we were talking about a similar thing. And 
You know, when the chips are down and you've got a crisis or you've got a situation you need to handle as a team or you have a big change, and I think COVID was all those things wrapped into a perfect little present for everyone <laughs> or a very imperfect present, um, you know, to where everyone had to be like, it was gut check time. And you really see, you know, what's a brand going to do? Are they going to stick their head in the sand? Are they going to try to sell in a weird way? Are they going to, what are they going to do? You know, mm -hmm. and a brand is showing who they are every single day. So I think you all did a really, without doing it intentionally, which is really the best way to do it, you all did, just showed who you were and you still do. And I think that's really impressive. Thank you. That's that's pretty awesome of you to say, Steve. Coming from you, that's a big deal. So. <laughs> you guys are you guys are doing a great job. You really are. So how how is it going now? I mean, you know, I, I also part of my conversation yesterday was, you know, um, the guest I had saying, you know, I, I, they don't like the phrase "get back to normal" because what is normal now? It's like okay, we have a new normal right up before our next new normal. But how are things going now with, with HDR and small businesses? Do you feel like you're going to have some of your events coming back? How do you think things are going? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're resilient. I think our organization and the businesses that we support are nothing but resilient. So everyone's just been rolling with the punches. And, you know, as soon as the governor was like, hey, last minute, but we're reopening everything. And, you know, the bars opened up and the restaurants were filling up again. So, um, yeah, everybody's just really trying to bounce back. I've had a couple of retailers say that they've had stronger weekend sales um, recently than they did even back in 2019. Good, that's great. So news. I think that's really great. Yeah, um, you see the restaurants are full and people are starting to plan events, and so are we. So we've got one that we're planning for Labor Day weekend. Oh, great! What is it? It's called Best Weekend Ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very catchy title. <laughs> well, we need the best weekend ever, mm. so we're doing it over Labor Day. Yeah, I love it. We're going to have you know different things going on throughout the weekend. Friday, we've got First Fridays that the Art Council puts on, so we were promoting that. We have a dance instructor in town who's going to be doing salsa under the pavilion outdoors, and it's going to be, so we'll have uh, that going on for Friday, and then Saturday, which is the best Saturday ever, um, is going to be a full day of really fun programming where we're going to have buskers throughout downtown, and there's an art market and live music and um we have a, a secret weapon um it's called an abc license <laughs> that is new for virginia as of a couple of years ago and we were trying we were putting in the works for 2020 but that you know that didn't happen um but it essentially allows you to set up a zone and so we're doing that for most of downtown and you can buy um, beer or wine at a restaurant or go to a brewery and then walk down to Court Square and check out what's going on there. And, you know, your kids can get their face painted and um, it should be really awesome. So we'll have more live music at night. We're hoping to get enough sponsors to have a, kind of like an open house so you can go to the different live music venues and go in without a cover charge and listen to live music at night. And there'll be more dancing under the pavilion for free and um Fireworks, of course, because like, why not? Yeah, because we're we all need fireworks right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ones that we paid for uh, back in twenty twenty that we never used. Yeah, right. Blow up before the end of the year. Yeah, I might as well set them off now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. I will definitely be there. Uh, we will come because that sounds awesome. like a blast. And I think there's a lot of. It's great to hear about what you said about the retail businesses downtown, um, because you know I've been here for a long time, and I've you know I went away and worked in D.C., but I, I had gone to JMU. So I've seen this town grow and grow over the years and 
I'm a huge fan of downtown businesses. And to say that they've had a really good month, you know, after all this, I think there's a lot of pent up demand, obviously, for everything from shopping to eating out to going to, you know, an outdoor festival. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, the health and safety of everyone continues to cooperate and people get vaccinated and we can just keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, our downtown businesses are really awesome. There's some really great innovation that is coming up all the time. You know, we've got um, with Simplicity is a business that does, um, uh, I guess they make makeup and, and um, body care products for men and women. Uh, and it's all natural. And, you know, there's nothing that you can't pronounce <laughs> kind of a product. And uh, when the pandemic hit, one of our that Bricks and Clicks program, we put it out there and said, what do you need now to continue your business? And they said, you know, it'd be really cool if we had an augmented reality tool that lets people try on makeup virtually. And that would help us because we're not getting any impulse buys right now because no one's coming into the shop. And so we were really excited to have a grant for them but also our connections at JMU X Labs, which is, um, I guess, like a cool maker space with all the great tools. Um, they had a team of students that were ready to jump on this project and they helped design that for them. So you can go check out with Simplicity's Instagram page and try it out. Oh, so, that's so cool. you know, that's next level stuff. And when they suggested that, they're like, so this is probably going to cost more than um, your entire program has funding. And so we're like, okay, yes, that's true, but let's figure out how we can do a homegrown solution. And so there you have it. We partnered with JMU and a small business and something cool came out of it. So, you know, our businesses are pretty rad. Yeah, they really are. And I think the synergies with, uh, you know, JMU supporting the downtown and yeah. having, you know, a major university right here really, you know, is a feather in our town's cap, but also it, it connects to downtown in a lot of really cool ways. You know, I, I certainly remember a day where students didn't think of going downtown, but I think they do now because our downtown's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and because of that, we get the best interns. Uh, our JMU interns um, have been incredible because they are so connected to downtown and they're really talented. And the ones who apply for our internships are ones who already have a love for downtown and small businesses and they already know about, you know, what's here and they want to help tell those stories. So our current intern right now, um, Katie Harwood, is incredible and we're so happy to have her that we give her full control over our social media. So if you check out our Instagram page, she does, I think on Tuesdays, um, she takes it over and, and goes and explores and looks for different stories to tell and has uncovered stuff that we didn't even know about, which is really, really cool. So, you know, they help build our brand because they enjoy it and they live it. So it's, it's awesome. We're lucky. And they're, they're, you know, out there living it every day. So they find things that you wouldn't think of because everyone's got a different version of downtown depending on what they enjoy. So Harrisonburg is definitely a brand like any town, you know, in the downtown has its own feeling and its own stories. And how do you, how does your organization go about looking at that, going about, you know, telling the story of a town and a downtown is really complex. It's a big job. So how do you all look at that? 
We look at it through storytelling. And what we know is that a lot of people who follow us, um, whether they don't live here anymore, maybe they graduated, they went to JMU, or they passed through on a trip and now they're you know, staying in touch with us through our newsletter or social media, um, and even our local residents, everybody just is pretty enamored with who's here and what's here, that they wanna hear more of the behind the scenes uh, stories and they want to make a personal connection. So yeah, one of the great things is that people want to connect with others. And we launched um, a couple of blog series, Faces, Faces of Downtown, um, where we had bloggers come in and take a deep dive with different people in the community. Um, not all of them are business owners and just really get to know them and, and get that story out there. And every time we do a human interest story on our blog, we get ridiculous amounts of click-throughs and we know that people are reading them and they're commenting and they're sharing them. So, you know, everybody want to know about Bob of Downtown Books and, um, you know, they are really excited to meet Steve and Shami from Cuban Burger. You know, it's just people really loved it. And, and we also were using that opportunity last year with one of our really talented bloggers who was interning with us. Um, to tell the story about our diverse business owners and our diverse community members because there's a need to do that because they're they contribute so much to our community and so we were really excited to kind of make that a underlying theme of the series good for you I, that's a really great way to go about it and i think you know one of the things we do for our clients one of the things we talk to our clients and people we're helping is genuine human stories over and over again because no one likes to be sold to, not anymore. And but people love stories about other people. And you know, if you want to represent something as complicated as a downtown, iteration on storytelling over and over again. There are so many different points of view where different people can connect in a different way. That that's a, that you're you guys are definitely on the right track. That's a great way to do it. It's been a lot of fun, and and I always learn something new every time I read one of the drafts and uh, when I check out you know, what my team is putting on Facebook. I mean, they're just incredible. So um, yeah, I just think it really goes back to just having the right team in place because everyone just loves what they do and they're all about the mission. So yeah, it's definitely a, a full full team effort here in telling all those stories. And, you know, I'll go out and I'll talk with some people and I'll come back and be like, oh my gosh, you guys, guess what I just found out about? And, you know, intern Kate's like, I'm on it. And, you know, my marketing person, Emily Winters, is like, yeah, let's do like a whole series on this. And just the, there's no shortage of good ideas. And, um, you know, we're an organization that is not top down. So a good, or, a good idea comes from anywhere. And uh, my team is empowered to just like run with it. So I, I didn't even know what was going on on our Instagram page. I don't spend any time on Instagram. And we were talking about it during staff. And I was like, well, maybe I should like go check it out. And so while we're having <laughs> our staff meeting, I was like looking at our Instagram. I was like, wait, what are these bubbles at the top? And like, I don't see the things that you're talking about. And, you know, they taught me how to use it. And then I was like, this is incredible. You guys like are doing such an amazing job. And there's such great content there that I wasn't watching because I never used that medium. But um, now I do because I'm, I'm learning about it, like all the great things downtown that I was missing before. There's a lot of things in social media that aren't positive, but there's an awful lot that is. You know, it's a great way to connect with others and tell stories and, you know, you can find your audience. So it's a great place for you guys to be. Um, how do you, you know, you, you touched earlier on how Harrisonburg downtown is a little quirky, you know, and it's, it's nice to hear because I've had people, you know, try to put 
Harrisonburg or Harrisonburg in like a box. Like you guys are all about outdoors or you're all about this. You're all about that. And yeah, sure we are, but we're also, it's a little quirky. How do you, how do you guys go about trying to capture that personality? I think if anything, we just want to leverage it and just make sure people have the space to be quirky. So, you know, um, we're not trying to tell someone to, to stop doing something, you know, if, you know, if something's not allowed, we'd be like, okay, well, here's how you can do it and get away with it, or, you know. Um, and, you know, certainly, again, going back to the storytelling and, and showcasing what we have and getting people excited about it and and just celebrating what's here. You know, we, we don't have to do all the great things that are downtown. There's so many people who are doing it themselves. You know, there's, you know, all kinds of random festivals and um, things that businesses do and um, the personalities of the business owners and you just kind of like let everyone be and don't get in their way. It's kind of how you just let it roll. That's a really great way to look at it. You know, I noticed the other day I was walking around downtown taking a break and I think it may have been Rocktown Yarn and people helping with that. They're all the, you know, it's pride month and they're all the, the they did some yarn banners on trees that say love and that's, you know, you walk around and see stuff like that and it's, yeah, they did it. They took the initiative, but good for our town for being like, yeah, that's cool. That's the great thing too, is that people will take the initiative. I think there's definitely like, um, the spirit where people just like, just do it, you know, no one necessarily asks for permission or, um, says like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Or, you know, they want to do something, they just do it. And it's great. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the things I've noticed is people do take the initiative and do things like that, but it, you know, in our community, I always see people doing that and they're doing it with care. I, I don't, you know, you, you get this like sense of pride when people do things with our downtown that I haven't seen everywhere else. Yeah. You know, it's not like people are just like, Oh, I want to use it for my needs and the heck with everybody else. I think that's really unique to our town. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, that's, what's really special about it that, you know, I guess this is all kind of connected, right? Where people generally care about things. They're passionate about their community. They think, you know, bigger than themselves yeah. frequently. And then they want to hear about what other people are doing and, and, you know, learn more about them, which is why the blogs do so well. So like, yeah, that, that again, that social capital, those human connections are driving all the good here, you know, during the pandemic, when that first hit, yeah. um, a lot of businesses were like, what do we do? And so they're trying to figure out what their role might be. And so Pale Fire teamed up with a couple of folks like Digital Minerva and um, HDR and uh, Cisco. They were like, why don't we find a way to help the hospitality workers and let's have a food pantry for them. And yeah. so they made that happen on their own. And um, the market was thinking like, hey, there's no, there's not enough PPE in the community. Maybe we can work with JMU or other partners to um, do some 3D printing for some face shields. And so they just started doing that. And other businesses were um, making masks and asking for donations for material or, you know, asking people to, to help them make those so they can distribute them. So a lot of people just, just dug in and said, hey, like, there's a need here, so I'm going to fill it. And yeah, they didn't do it for any other reason other than there was a need and that they had an ability, which is like so Harrisonburg. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So tell me a little bit. I've got like some pretty like fast hitting questions before we run out of time. But you guys have the Friendly City Fortune coming up. Can you tell me a little bit about like what that is and what the impact of it is for you all? 
Yeah, it's huge. So we have basically a mega raffle and it is mega regulated by the state. So um, it's it's a lot of moving pieces, but we have almost 50 prizes that we have available for a raffle and each ticket is $100 and there's two chances to win on it plus a couple of early birds drawings too for extra tickets and a thousand dollars in cash so we've got cars and trucks and um for a lot of people in harrisonburg there's a music festival that's produced by the local people called red wing um roots music festival over in uh, natural chimneys park in mount Solon. and um it's hard to get a campsite everyone like they sell out like the minute the portal opens so we have a reserved campsite and 12 tickets um for the next year's festival so that's kind of a big deal um you know we've got trips and a twenty thousand dollar check so they're they're real deal prizes and we buy them locally so we're infusing money into the economy um and we invite people to participate in a win-win. So you might win a prize um, and then downtown wins and HDR wins because we're able to fund our projects and, and help you know strengthen downtown. So it's pretty fun. It's it's a little stressful. You know, we sit there and we're like, we're trying not to watch, you know, the ticket sales numbers and um, but the community's been really supportive of it. I think it's a great way that you all promote the downtown and then also fundraise. So I hope you sell out every single ticket. Thank you. We do too. We could use it. <laughs> so what do you think the future holds for Harrisonburg's downtown? I think we're just at this point in time where we, we could go either way. And I think everyone cares about town so much and we have so much potential here that I think we're just going to get better and better. And that's why we're doing the downtown master plan, because we're asking people, what do you want downtown to be in 20 years? Because it's not my vision. You know, it's not the city's vision or my board president's vision. It's got to be the community's vision. So, you know, we've we've had those public engagement tools open for quite some time, asking people to inform that process. And the interviews and focus groups and surveys and everything have been very iterative. So people are saying a lot of the common themes. So we feel like we're, we're hitting on the right thing. And folks are just asking for really great quality of life stuff. And I think if we focus on providing a good quality of life for people here, we're, we're, our potential is just unlimited, right? So, you know, having event programming and making sure we're still family friendly because there's a lot of families here. And being welcoming to people and making sure folks of all backgrounds are, are welcome here is important to our community. Um, the arts are important. They want to see more murals and more public art and, you know, don't do anything to disturb the small businesses. They do not want to see chain businesses. They want the small businesses to thrive. And so do we. So everyone's on the same page there. Um, and they just want to see more of the good things that they could have and to, to really hold on to the good things that, that are already here and not let them go like that quirky nature that we have here. Um, you know, our local history to make sure that that's being told, don't tear down more buildings, you know, and, and so we're getting that message loud and clear. And so I think we have just a lot of opportunities to um, accentuate all the good stuff and just make it better and make sure we don't grow in a way that forces us to lose all the things that we already love about what we have here. Because we don't want to become another version of another town. We just want to be the best version of downtown that we can be. And I think we're on that trajectory. So I'm pretty sure we're going to get there. Good. Well, keep up the great work because you guys are doing great work and you're, you know, you've made a huge impact on making the town even better than it was. And I think you've done it in a way that's really accentuated the personality of the town. So bravo to you guys. Can I just mention that it's not just us though. I mean, the long list of partners and people who are part of it and all the businesses who just like 
do whatever they want to do and it's a great idea like those everyone really contributes and so it's nice that we get to kind of be the umbrella for a lot of it and, and be that coordinator of stuff but there's a lot of people in this and uh we're just we're honored to have that position in our community yeah you guys really function as a connector and an encourager for for all sorts of different types of people and and different organizations because I think a lot of different organizations have point of views in the downtown or see it as being, you know, something that they value for different reasons. Like, you know, JMU probably looks at it differently than a arts council, than a restaurant, than a boutique, you know. So I think, you know, you all are kind of in the middle in there and, you know, you're navigating that. And I think, you know, it's a it's a big job, but you guys are in there doing it. It's really fun to watch. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions that are just sort of uh, like just about you real quick as we wrap up and this is a this is one i always ask everyone uh this past year was a little crazy for all of us but what was the highlight of this past year what is the big positive that you took away from it i think that we can remain connected no matter what happens i don't i don't feel like i've been an island out in the ocean um even though i live alone with my crazy dog <laughs> you know like i still feel like there's a lot of ways to connect with my family and my friends and my community so you know despite all difficulties um you can still feel that even when it's hard so i i appreciated that and i definitely don't want to take any of that for granted so i hope that that's a a feeling that i carry on because it's easy to take things like going out to dinner at a restaurant for granted when you can't do it for several months <laughs> it really is yeah there's a lot to be grateful for and it's a really hard year but it's interesting all the people i've been talking to on this podcast all have a different point of view of you know uh, yeah it was really hard but i took this thing away from it that i hope i get to keep yeah so what today would you tell um, from, from everything you've learned, and I know you've probably learned a lot in the last year and a year or so, but even before that, what would you tell the version, the younger version of yourself? To always have a work-life balance. <laughs> I think I sacrificed, um, some of the, my personal time for, for work. And i that has become apparent to me that that's not the way you, you live your best life. Um, certainly in the last year, that's become very apparent to me. So, I would try and tell younger Andrea, who's probably too stubborn and thick-headed to listen, <laughs> that maybe um, you want to still make time for the things that you enjoy and not let them slide, including going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> right. Getting back to that is probably the hardest. <laughs> I think that's probably the hardest for everybody. Well, that that's a just a great answer, and that's the, the question I always end on. So thank you so much for making time for this today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's been so good getting to know you and Gravity Group, and um, I can't wait to listen to the other episodes. And so, being part of this is a real honor. So, thank you.